Hello friends, welcome to Monday's edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Ipswich Town got back to winning ways last last night, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, winning 2-1 over Basement Boys crew, which obviously we're going to talk about in depth here on this very podcast. But first of all, when I say welcome to the show, I want to say welcome back to the man like Big Porker, the big pork thing, fresh back from a month in Los Angeles negotiating a Netflix deal off his new book, Mike Bacon. It's so good to have you back. How are you? Well, thank you, Heath. It's very kind of you to ask. I mean, yes, it's great to be back. Obviously, as you saw, I've been aware, but um, last, when I, well, when I last left, we'd just beaten Fleetwood 2-1. And uh, quite a lot's happened since. That seems to have all been a bit disastrous. But I was, uh, I was back there uh, last yeah, yesterday for the crew game. Yes, I've uh, I've been away um, all, all over the place. Really, The Netflix thing is still on hold. Um, you'll be pleased. And, well, please, I'm not pleased particularly because obviously there's a lot going on with the big book, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but obviously, um, yeah, I've, but I've had to put the heating on this morning. Oh, dear. Is, Yes, I mean that's upset me more than anything, to be honest. So that's why I've come on here to earn some extra, uh, because obviously <laughs> I don't, I don't particularly like putting the heating on before December. Um, no. But that's what's obviously had to happen. Um, you know, we still, I still like to sort of scratch my fingers down the, the the window pane and feel the ice. You know, on the on the window pane, that's that's a nice feeling, I think, of winter. Um, so yeah, it's great to be back. Thank you very much. Um, and obviously, nice with it. Andy's here, the Hutchman's here as well, which is great. Um, but yes, thank you, Heathy. Nice to be here. It's excellent to have you back. Energy bills, boys. Good Lord. I'm, I'm sure you've probably been stung the same as me, but our energy bill's going up by about 120 quid a month. Hmm. Talking about putting the heating on. So we're not going to do that at all this winter. We're just going to burn burn newspapers. <laughs> um, Hutchie, my friend, you're normally the main attraction, obviously been overshadowed by uh, the return of the big porker today. But you were there yesterday as well. How are you? Fine, thanks. Good. Excellent. Shall we continue? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's go. Let's go on. It's, it's great we, to have Mike back. It is. It's super. We should make mention, obviously, Stuart Watson on day off. And Roscoe has been let down for the first time, I think, this year by his weak immune system. Uh, not been the same since going out in Newcastle, as discussed, um, and has, has cried off. So he's not around. So it's just three of us today. You have to make do with that. But Big Porker's return more than makes up for it. And obviously, friends, when we talk about Ipswich Town, we talk about the game yesterday. There's only one place we can start, and that was with a sublime, an outrageous, a fantastic bit of skill from the boy Bursant Selina. One of the best goals ever seen at Portman Road. And that's clearly where we're going to begin. Mike Bacon, we've we've made many references on here before about how more you're more experienced than, than we are. More advanced, shall we say, in your uh, Ipswich Town covering life. Um, where does that rank in terms of the best goals you've seen at Portman Road or otherwise for Ipswich Town? Well, I must admit it was quite a goal, wasn't it? I mean, I almost, I almost, I didn't, but I almost kissed Andy Warren um, <laughs> as, as the ball went over just in, in great celebration as we're sitting next to each other. Um, we didn't, of course, because of COVID rules. But I mean, it's, um, it, it's <laughs> and, that, and that was the only reason why that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah, it was the only reason. Um, oh, well, it was outstanding, wasn't it? I mean, I have been very fortunate to see some fantastic goals at Portman Road over the years, obviously going back to the... 1970s, dare I say, which seems a long time ago now, since some cracking goals. That is right up there, I promise you. All, I mean, I've seen some fantastic goals. Poor Mariner scored some fantastic goals at Ipswich Town. Um, one against West Brom, I remember very well. One against Liverpool. There have been lots of goals, but Salinas, if that's not in the top three or four, I can't, I don't know what it is. It, it was It was outstanding, the touch and the chip. The touch just... I mean, in terms of technique on this, and you boys will know better than, than I do, obviously, um, with your, your footballing um, experience, but the, the first touch was unbelievable. Um, to kill it stone dead out of the air like that, there was a there was a man kind of obscuring the flight of the ball as well, which uh, God knows how he, how he actually tracked the ball, then killed it. And then just the look, and the, you say normally when you, you hear about a keeper being, kick, um, a keeper being chipped, you, you assume he's off the line. In this case, he was in his, his own six-yard box. He wasn't off his line. It was just the the kind of um, the dynamics of the of the of the of the chip, wasn't it? That led him basically he could not get to the ball. It was as perfect as, as it could have been that Hutchie. And I'm told because you told me <laughs> that um, there was actually something you don't see very often in the press box, which is clearly normally quite a sterile place, and and no celebrations are to be had. But there was a, a spontaneous out, outburst of applause in the press box. There was all sorts. Um, yeah. I, I think, yeah, it is a bit of a sterile. Sterile is a fairly decent word uh, for what what goes on up there. It's not. Yeah. It's not a football. It's not a football fandom environment, sadly. Mm. Um, but we are all football fans, and when that happens, you cannot help but applaud. I think 
think I just shouted, that is outrageous. Stu, <laughs> Stu, Stu, Stu was like glazed over uh, with just wonder. As usual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with wonder, obviously, Mike went in for the kiss, um, yeah. but, but couldn't couldn't reach. And um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. It, if you love football, you're going to love seeing a goal like that, aren't you? It's pure perfection. Um, all of it was perfect. The, the way the goalkeeper kind of scrabbled back and and um, desperately made a dive for it added to how it looked. Um, yeah. And it's, it, I've seen a few stories of people who missed it as well because they yeah. they had left the ground to go and get a bovril at half time or a pie or something. And uh, it's certainly one of the I was there moments. I've watched it back probably twenty times on um, on the video since, but. It looks great on there. Don't get me wrong, but no, none of it beats seeing it happen live. Because Mike and I were talking before this, and Mike was saying it just happens faster in mm-hmm. in real life. It's all it, it just happened in a flash, out the air, perfect touch, like you say, through through the traffic of a foot, which he still managed to watch it onto, and then mm. to even try it was audacious, but to pull it off was was outrageous. So yeah, um, yeah, I think everybody who uh, who was there to witness that will remember it for a very, very long time. Where does it rank, Hutchie, in terms of your town watching history and and top goals? Uh, I can't, I can't think of a of a of a better Ipswich goal at Portman Road. I can think of some some goals that I've absolutely loved um, <clears throat> and have witnessed live. The the what I think the previous best goal I'd seen live at Portman Road was was Leighton Baines' strike for for Wigan. Wigan yeah against Ipswich in 2004 um which is like as true a, a long range strike as you'll ever see but um this was a bit of a in a di- bit of a different category it's in the the immense skill category and in that in that kind of arena i don't think there's been a better one yeah i put a bit out yesterday just saying in terms of asking that question and, and obviously Baines came up Cresswell i think was it against Palace yeah. um goal he scored Finney George against Sunderland was in there as well um, yeah, that this beats that. That's in the same category, isn't it? That's in the chip category. But Fanidi yeah. had so much. It was a great move that led up to that one, um, and it was a really good chip. But he had so much more time to execute it. And I think Thomas Sorensen was on the edge of the penalty area by the time that went in. That's that 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 gets beaten out by this one. I'm afraid, poor poor Fanidi. It's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, the keeper must think what. I'm not, you know, this is just not fair. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. it's not my fault. I'm not off the line, you know. I'm yeah, he was, in the right posi- he was in the right yeah. position, wasn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, no, sometimes, sometimes it is, it's nice to see that sometimes quality can just beat, just beat whatever's in front of it. If it's that mm. good, it can, um, it can beat anything that stands in its way. And that's the perfect segue to talking about the game, my friend, because quality did win in the end. Ipswich Town did win yesterday, 2-1 against bottom, rock bottom, Crew Alexandra. Clearly, the game will probably only be remembered, really, for, for Selena's goal, Mike. Ipswich Town did what we expected them to do, what they had to do, and that was stop the bleeding and get a win against the side bottom of the league. But they made bloody hard work of it, didn't they? Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. And, and, and I think, go back to Selena goal very quickly, I mean, it was just completely out of out of sync with a League One football match. I mean, that's probably what, what the thing about that goal was as well. I mean, if you saw mm. it in the, Premier, in the Premiership, you, you expect that. But I mean, the goal's you know, it's a League One football match. You just don't expect to see that type of thing. As regards the game, well, I sat there thinking to myself, Ipswich, I'm, not, I'm never going to lose this game. I never felt for one second they were going to lose that game. But they just never... I don't know what is wrong. To go 1-0 up after three minutes at home, good crowd behind them again, nearly 20,000 on a sun, cold mm. Sunday. I mean, well done, Ipswich fans. Only a couple of hundred from crew. You've just got to get on the front. I mean, they allowed crew back into the game just by, I don't know, it's it's so frustrating. I mean, you can see the thing, you know, Paul Cook afterwards, we'll talk about him later, but I mean, the, the frustration is there. Um it wasn't a poor performance. It was just um, an average performance against a fairly average team. And and if you're going to get in those playoffs, you have got to put these teams to bed. You, you, Town should have been two or three up by halftime. Simple as, game over. I mean, they were two up, but they could have been three up. You know, maybe more. Have, you know, if it wasn't Selena's brilliance, they'd have gone in a one-nil up. Um, mm-hmm. So, very frustrating, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it's... Teams are there for the taking. I, I don't get it. I I don't know what it is. Don't get me on formations again. I'm not going on formations <laughs> again. 
but I will go on formations. I don't like the formation. I think it's too, we, we sit, but we, you know, if you're going to have two holding players, they've got a bomb in, one of them's got a bomb in the area on, at a time, once in a while, and they and none of them do. And if you're going to have two wide wingers, that they're so wide that you've got so much space in the middle of the park. Oh, I could go on. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, you've got to be beating teams like Crew more than 2-1 um, with mm. that amount. I mean, <laughs> Bond should have scored two. Edward should have scored one. I suppose you could end up walking away saying it was 5-1, but it wasn't 5-1, was it? And just imagine if one of them balls had fallen for a crew player in the last two or three minutes in the penalty box, he toe-poked it and made it 2-2. We'd all be, well, I don't know what we'd be doing. We'd just be, well, be in a terrible state, wouldn't we? I mean, it'd be horrendous. So, oh, I don't know, three points, isn't it? As Paul Cook said at the end, you don't remember it at the end of the season, it's just three points, isn't it? But as far as I'm concerned, it was, there's just, things that worry you and i i don't understand why they shouldn't be but they just are mm. yeah hutchie um paul cook said after the game we have to look at the bigger picture and the bigger picture is we needed to win and we got one um but going one nil up after three minutes and by the sound of it crew were all over the shop town should have put this game to bed shouldn't they by half town half time uh i thought they had put the game to bed by half time um mm. i thought that second goal should have done it if i'm completely mm. honest but Mike and I had a chat about halftime at during halftime, didn't we? We were talking about how the, the game wasn't done. Um, you'd think that two 0 up against Cruz should be job done, but we just feared that it we we feared that it wasn't. That that was our conversation at halftime that they needed a third because they've always they've always got a going to find a way to potentially bring the nerves on a bit more than they did. But um, they, the chances in the second half especially should have killed it with um, with Bon. Um, I really thought Selena was going to shoot first time for that chance there. Was it Kyle Edwards it was who, mm. who put in a really nice pass into Selena in the box? And it, it's the kind of shot that you would think, especially Selena who'd just done that, to, mm. you should have sh- maybe taken it himself. But instead it was a perfect pass to Bon who had a, a, a good half the goal to to aim at and blazed it over. And then in the final, the fight, even in the final minute, he had another chance where he, with the final touch of the game where he, he could have scored. And incidentally, if he had scored that with the, it was a one-on-one final touch of the game. If that had gone in the net, that would have won my million pound picks, <laughs> picks bet wow. in one, in one kick would have, would have gone from zero to hero. But in, instead, um, instead I'm a zero. Zero. What did you make of the, the, the side Hutchie? Um, a similar one. It was a similar one to the the side that Stu and I were talking about when we were looking ahead to this game on Friday. Um, we both talked about Fraser potentially dropping into one of the deeper roles for mm. for Lee Evans, which is ob- ob- obviously what happened. Maybe a bit surprised that that Clements um, Clements kept his place at, at left back. There was no Matt Penny in the squad at all yesterday, which we we didn't get an answer as to why that why that was but um he he kept his place and we both we both thought that maybe Kyle Edwards would start in one of the one of the wide roles just to bring that extra little bit of width I think we had him down to start instead of Selena actually so Mm. probably wise that it's not us that picks uh, not us that picks that team Um, yeah but no it's fine no I'm I'm happy with that I was happy with that team glad to see Chaplin back in it I think he I don't think he was at his best yesterday, but I think he did show a lot of the reasons why he's made a good job, kind of that number 10 role. Um, mm. He's he's always busy. He works hard. He's maybe, prob- I'd probably say he's the best at getting up closer to Bon and maybe offering him a little bit of something. But mm. I don't think he was at his best yesterday, despite despite offering something still. But no, I was fine. I was fine with the, fine with the team. And it, it was ahead within three minutes. So, um, yeah, it can't have been too bad. No. Scott Fraser, Mike, someone we've talked about on here quite a lot. The boys are the big fans of his, uh, and it sounds like he played well yesterday. Um, you've seen him play. He's obviously played all over the pitch so far for town. He's played out out left. He's played in the 10, which is meant to be his position, and also also deep. Um, he's played deep a couple of times now, and uh, he, he played well yesterday. Do you like to see him in that position, Mike, going forward, alongside Sam Morsey? Yes. As quick as a short answer that, I would. I mean... <clears throat> you just said you just said something interesting there. Scott Fraser's played on the left. He's played at number ten. He's played at the, you know, we're twenty games in, and still Scott Fraser's being sort of potted about from one place to another. And, yeah. and when you talk about settled sides, it's exactly what we're not getting. You see, we're not getting a settled side. And and, and Cook knows roughly what he wants, but he he doesn't know exactly where he wants it. And 
And this is the problem. Edward starts half a dozen games and he doesn't. Uh, Selena goes on the left. He goes number 10 and he goes on the... And, and, and Fraser's a classic example. I like Fraser, actually. I think Fraser in a set, in a holding role, because I think he'll get forward a bit more. Mm. More than... I think I think he... And I think he can see a pass. Well, I know he can see a pass. And that's why I think that these centre midfielders are lacking a pass. A straightforward, yeah. you know, a forward, a, a, a ball split through the middle. But yeah, I like Fraser. I'd rather have him in that role and Chaplin in front of him rather than... Fraser in the number 10 or left or right. I'd rather have him holding back. I think Evans and Moore's here just a little bit too similar and don't know why you need so many defensive midfield players so similar. So, yeah, I, I thought Fraser had a half-decent game and um, I'd rather, yeah, I'd, and I'd like to see him get, just get forward and have some shots. Even from that first slightly, even though he's sitting back a bit, just pick the ball up, go forward, find a pass or have a go. I mean, Cook again, after talk about crosses and shots, there weren't, unless I missed it, I didn't see hundreds of crosses and shots. And, you know, and I think this is probably what's frustrating him. Um, but yeah, Fraser, yeah, Fraser, I, I, I prefer Fraser and Morsey, personally. And then that allows you Chaplin and Selena and whoever else you want and Burns on his back and and Edwards and Piggott and Bond and all oh, the other millions of number 10s and strikers we've got, you know. But yeah, I think Fraser could do a job there. Hutchie, yeah, we know you're a, you're a fan of Fraser. You like him there? Yeah, I do. I do like him there. In, in defence of the Evans and Morsey partnership, I <clears throat> I would say they're doing exactly what Paul Cook wants his midfield to do in a team that has flying fullbacks. Uh, however, they're doing it in a team that doesn't have flying fullbacks. Their their job is to recycle the ball, kind of move it side to side, uh, and lever sort of the creative players into play a bit further up the pitch, but I don't think the fullbacks are there for them. The passes mm. aren't there for them. You can, there were a few times yesterday where, where I looked and I, I think, I think Cook would have wanted his right back in particular and the, and the left back as well, 15 or 20 yards further up the pitch. When one, when, when Morsi or Fraser were getting the ball yesterday, they weren't there. Those passes weren't there, but in terms of what this Ipswich team have got right now, I I would probably agree that Fraser, Fraser's a better fit for that because he can he can pick a pass and he can drift with the ball at his feet a little bit as well. His touch is really good. Um, and I do like him that bit deeper because I think you can get him on the ball a little more. We've seen number 10s for years for Ipswich just get crowded. Like Alan Judge, whenever he got to play centrally, we used to see him just get crowded out. Just you're, play, you're playing in that position um, and you're too high up the pitch to, to influence it. But but not high enough to cause trouble to the op- to the opposition. Um, so yeah, in terms of Fraser right now, I think that's probably probably where I would where I would have him in this team. Okay, um, should we talk about another big issue, which is becoming, I suppose, more of an issue as games go on? McCauley Bond, red hot to start the season um, by minute per goal was was the the top striker in the land, as I recall. Um, not so anymore. One, just one goal in his last eight games. Missed a couple of chances yesterday. One was an absolute peach of a chance, wasn't it? Actually, two of them. Thinking about it, um, but which he would have scored no, no problem at all earlier on in the season. How worried should we be about this this poor run of form for McCauley Bond, Mike? Um, and and how long's it got to go before we start seeing more of Joe Piggott? Well, as you know, I'm a bit of a Joe Piggott fan, even though I've only mm. sort of seen him about once for about half an hour. So I'm, I don't yeah. quite know how I'm such a fan of someone I've hardly ever seen. But um, no, I think. Look, Macaulay Bond has done fantastic. I don't think Macaulay Bond is the problem. I think the formations are the problem. I think the lack of support around him is the problem. I don't think Macaulay Bond's the problem. I think Macaulay Bond will score goals. The fact he missed two chances yesterday means he's getting mm. in those positions to score goals. So he will. He, and another time he could have scored two yesterday, and we'd all be hailing him as you know the, the world the world's best striker again. He gets in good position. He works so damned hard. That boy, you know. I mean, he you can't. I, I don't think it's him who who's the problem. It's the way you're going to play alongside him and and, and help him. And and I always go back to this Cheltenham game. The one where, as I said to someone yesterday, the one where he missed the the, the three-inch header that even I would have got. Um, That ball was flicked onto him, by the way, by Piggott, who was playing sort of number 10-ish or just off him or close beside him. He flicked that ball onto Bond. And if Bond had nodded that in, everyone would have been saying, what a great flick by Piggott, who created, you know, what a great partnership. But that didn't happen. All we talked about was Bond missing that chance. Mm. And I think with Mr. Trick, I really do. I can't, you're not telling me Joe Piggott, who scored 23 goals where he's got which last three or four seasons at, wherever, at Wimbledon. You can't tell me Wimbledon's midfield and and and, and the players that they have mm. uh, were, uh, with all due respect, as good as some of the ones we have. You know, so, 
you know, I, 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 do you, to just drop Bon would be, seem very unfair. I mean, he's, he's hardly, you know, he's, I don't think he deserves to be dropped. I think he needs more support. And, and that support is sitting on the bench, I think. But that's mm. going to require change formation, which, as we know, I don't think is going to happen. So I don't know why I'm bothering him. Why did you ask me that question, Heath? Because you know very well there's no answer to it. Um, <laughs> not going to play Pig and Bond together, so I might as well just go. In fact, I've got my turn machine off now and go back up to bed. Don't do that, Mike, because it's okay. nice to have you with us. Um, Hutchie, the, the Bond conundrum, he's not scoring. He has scored. Uh, he's not scored for a little while now. Uh, and as Mike says, Piggott's not suddenly going to replace him, you wouldn't think. He's not going to just drop him. Um, so what do we do about the, the bond problem? I guess, I mean, Mike gave a very kind of football manager answer there in terms of, well, yes, he's not scoring, but he's getting in positions to score. And that's a good thing, which is a good thing, clearly. Um, what do you make of the bond situation? I think he's really missing Wes Burns. I think that's a, I think that's a real big miss for, for the team at the moment. The, the bond, the bond Burns connection was, was one that was a route to goal for Ipswich. We, Stu and I were talking yesterday about, um, Maybe the looking you look at the Ipswich team and you're not you're not really sure how they're trying to score. I know that sounds a silly silly thing because obviously you're trying to score by any means necessary. But teams have patterns and ways that they want want to score. Um, you can't rely on on brilliance from from Selena. Um, and a way they tried to score goals earlier in the season is very simply put by Wes Burns himself was Wes Burns beats a man and hits the ball as hard as he possibly can to the back post. Um, where Macaulay Bond is in position to score, and yeah. uh, and they're missing they're missing that at the moment. They're missing the kind of the scuttler that that Burns is that can kind of scuttle past his man and just and threaten that box. I know Aluko had obviously created the first goal doing that yesterday, but that's not necessarily his game. He's a Aluko's a clever player. I, I really like Aluko. He's he's clever on the ball. He's very very good in possession. Can keep it well and can can move inside with the ball but he's not the burn burns kind of pace merchant that that can get the ball into the box really quickly which i think is when bon is at his best when he's kind of t- taking advantage of his kind of quick quick thinking he's he's mm. he's a he's a good thinker bon he can outfox a, a defender when given just a moment a moment to try and make something happen um maybe not at his best when he's got too much time so I, I think a big thing is missing Wes Burns. Um, with with Piggott, I it, it's, a, it's a vicious circle here because I, I want to see Joe Piggott do more when he has been given games. So recently, he obviously played in a couple of couple of cup games. Um, I wanted to see more from him, but then you have to acknowledge that he's barely giving given any minutes in the league whatsoever, mm. and he's coming into these games rusty. So. What I'd re- I think this this conversation could be a lot more relevant maybe this time this time next week when you would think that Piggott will certainly get a start against Arsenal um, on Wednesday night. Not impossible. He also gets a start against Barrow on Saturday, and then maybe this conversation is is really relevant next Monday when when Joe Piggott has hopefully done his cause some some real good in two in two significant chunks of game time in in two cups hmm. because because right now um I don't clearly we don't think there's going to be the two of them played together that isn't necessarily what I would want to see anyway um but right now I couldn't make an argument that Joe Piggott should come into the team in place of Macaulay Bond because I've not seen enough not seen enough from Piggott but that could be very different in seven days did I read yesterday that he was um, in the process of warming up as, as yeah. the game finished? Yesterday? Oh, he's, he was more than in the. He was stripped <laughs> off. He had his kit off. He was he was on the touchline. Um, yeah. As the final as the final whistle blew, so that's that's a new low for him. Kind of summed league, up his, his time at yeah. town, doesn't it? So far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he must have. But, he must have. He, Piggott must have wondered what on earth he's got himself into here. I mean, yeah. you know, there was a guy who. You know, as I said, was scoring guys goals for fun at Wimbledon. He was a hero at Wimbledon. They loved him. He was he's almost a legend status for the for his, for his, his time there. Um, and there's no doubt, there's no doubt whatsoever. Cook signed him to lead the line at Ipswich Town. I don't believe for one second Macaulay Bond was signed to lead the line at Ipswich Town. Piggott was, and Macaulay has done fantastic. He deserves all the plaudits for the way he's taken his opportunity. And there's no way I or anyone's going to run him down for anything because he's done outstanding. But this is Cook's problem. This isn't Piggott's problem or Bond's problem. This is Cook's problem to solve. 
you know, and we are still scoring lots of goals, but I think we're still the highest scorers of the division, or certainly second, if we're not first. So Cook can always turn around and say, well, look at the goals we're scoring. Why do we need another striker? How many goals we're scoring? And that's, of course, that's very true. I sometimes think the formations we play away from home, the 4-2-3-1 suits us nicely. I think that really suits us away from home. I'm not so sure it suits us at home. And I remember McCarthy doing this a lot, playing, you know, a 4-2-3 on at home and frustrating mm. the hell out of, of fans. And and I think that is the problem. It isn't, I really don't think it's the players. I think, you know, it, it's just systems and, and getting the best out of what you've got because a lot of good players in that squad. Um, but and I, it, it, there's no 11-man squad there. That is a 16-man squad. And you're going to have to find a way of getting best. Maybe you have two two formations. I don't know. Can players not play two formations? These are, I don't know. Perhaps they can't. Perhaps they can only play one formation and they will get completely confused if not. Because, um, yeah, Piggott, I feel, yeah, feel a bit for, to be honest. You can, you're going to give yourself some real selection troubles in other areas of the pitch if you play Piggott. And would, would that be kind of in a 4-4-2, do you think? Mm. Four four two is what I'd go. Yeah, four four two is what I'd have without a doubt. I would. I'd have one winger rather than two. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, there aren't many teams who have two wingers like we do. With you know, um, a lot of teams just have one outstanding winger, and and obviously got another. You got full backs each side anyway. Um, we've got some good wingers. We've got Edwards as a good winger. Salute, yeah, Salute as a good winger. Obviously, Burns. Burns would be a man. You know, you have. You, so most things go down the right but you've still got plenty down the left if you needed. That way you create more people in the middle of the park. That's my... I think the two... If it's going to have two wide wingers, they've got to be inverted. Would you like that? Inverted wingers? There's a little bit of a coaching phrase there that I picked up at under eights at Woodbridge once. Um, <laughs> if you're going to have inverted wingers, so they're tucked in a lot more, but our wingers aren't. They're wide. And yeah, they I think that's, Cook, that's Cook's intention. Yeah, that's I think what, it I is. Think that, that, that's that's what he wants. Yeah, it is. And they spend lots of space in the middle of the park, which is why he then has to have his defensive tub, tub, uh, Evans and Moore. He has to have them there because that's the, they're the people who fill the park up in that position. You can't afford just to have one person sitting in there. You can't go 4-3-3 three, three with that. So it's just, I don't know. What do I, I don't know anything I'm talking about because I'm not a football coach. So just ignore me. I'm going to go to bed now because I've really <laughs> I've had enough of this. I don't think that's true. I think, I think we, <laughs> I think, I think there's so thousands and thousands of people that watch this watch this team and they and they do know what they're what they're talking about. I think Wes Burns has complicated things for Cook in that he's not an inverted winger. He is a right winger and that is yeah. what he is. Um and that's not really what Paul Cook uses. He uses inverted wingers. If you look at it, you'd I don't know, you'd maybe have Edwards and Edwards and who else would be in Chaplin or some someone would would kind of be the Fraser he played on on that right side as well have come inside on their on their wrong feet um to support a num a number 10 and he wants the fullbacks bombing around the out bombing around the outside of them but it's it the, the pieces are falling down and it, it and it's not fit, fitting together how it previously has for for cook it's um it's a difficult puzzle for him um to kind of fill and, and put together and I can see what he wants to do, but it's not the pieces aren't aren't clicking together for him to make the picture at the end of it. It's um yeah. You don't but he but there is no sign of him getting another puzzle out the cupboard and, and starting that one, is there? So No. no I've, got lots of, I've got lots of puzzles actually in my cupboard here at home because when I was a child I liked puzzles and uh, I did one of my best is of London Bridge. Um, of which it was 1,300 pieces. And I never finished it. Well, now's I the just time, thought I'd well. just thought uh, On the Bond thing, I don't think we need to worry, boys. I mean, you note the uh, the Bond getting recalled to QPR talk has is, is cooled slightly. Um, so I reckon McCauley knows what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my theory anyway. You watch February, he'll score, he'll score 14 goals in February. Um, boys, let's talk about the rest of the team then. Uh, Bailey Clements, you touched on it earlier, Hutchie. Um, is it time to, to drop Bailey out the side now? He's had a fantastic run for a young man. Um, I know you got your, your lowest score yet for you yesterday. You gave him a four. Um, yeah. Clearly, without knowing what's going on with Penny and Coulson, the mystery of of Coulson, um, there's not an all, a, a lot of other options, is there? Unless you bring in someone yeah. like KBY or, or Burgess to play him out of position there. I got a little bit of heat for, for how low that went with Bailey yesterday. Um, mm. But for me... For me, yesterday he had a few a few moments where he didn't know whether to come and close down or whether to to, to hang back, and and it ultimately caused a few problems. And he's getting through these games. I'm not. I'm just not sure he's 
I think it's pretty clear that he's not he's not first choice left back, is he? We don't know no. where Paul, we don't know where Coulson is. We don't know where Penny is. Not a chance. I'd go back to Burgess at left back though because he's a centre back. Um, so the only option is Kane Vincent Young um, to come in and or and, and then you can play either him or Danassian. I'm not I'm not too fussed which way which way round you do that, but. Um, it's something I'd be looking at trying. I'd be interested to see what at what point that at what point that that happens. Now we'll talk about Arsenal in a bit, but are we going to see a Miles Kenlock sighting? Do you reckon against Arsenal? Not impossible, but it's, it's a, you gotta wonder what what like what the reasoning is for that. It's because he cannot play in the league, so it's no. not it's not as if doing that is going to change anything it, miles cannot play himself into the league team because he is not registered so th- th- there is no end game to that um so probably in that scenario you want to you want to give more games to clements if penny's not injured you want to give him a chance to to play we don't know where we don't know where he is um mm. and in coulson we've we've had no injury update from cook for some time he's obviously not very keen on giving out anything in in that regard, so we, we've got no idea. So um, not impossible. We see Miles over the next week or so, but th- th- there's no end game to it until January, at least. At, at which point they can alter their squad to to put him in it. But but for me, left back is an area where I'd be looking at recruitment for January now. Mm. Just on the old injury front, Hutchie, and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, given how how close Cook plays his cards to his chest. But um, the boy, third degree. You, you said how much town are missing Burns. Any idea when he might be back? No, no. Um, the 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 intimation was that it's not too bad, and that he'd be missing for the the next little while. Um, next couple of games was the intimation. So, hopefully, hopefully he can come back into the thinking over the next the next couple of cup games because I I really I really do think they're missing him um, mm. quite significantly. Um, so that would be great if they could get him back in uh, back mm. in business. Okay, then, boys. Any other notes from the game before we move on, Mike? Anything else you want to uh, opine about? Well, I did enjoy the. Um, I did enjoy the uh, at the beginning of the game. The, the North Stand. I was called the North Stand. You said it'd always be the North Stand to me. They held up all these um, blue action. I think it was who did. did was it Hatch? You'll probably know more than me. Um, sort of like blue and white um, sheets of paper with blue, blue and what blue and white army along with. I, I thought that was excellent. Really thoroughly enjoyed that. It's great. So I've been going there since nineteen blah, 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 and um, Portland Road. So and I don't remember seeing it very often. If I've seen it at all, so. Um, great stuff by whoever thought of that to, to the boys came out to to see that the whole wall of the North Stand in blue and white with blue and white army. I think Hutch took a photograph, didn't you, Hutch? Which was very nice. And, I did um, take a photograph. You did. Um, I was <laughs> I was going to, but I couldn't get my camera on. I couldn't get my camera to work in my phone. It was um, I was fiddling around my phone. It was a terrible mess. But anyway, unfortunately, I saw Hutchie uh, taking pictures. Looked really good. Enjoyed that. Fans again, nearly twenty thousand on a freezing cold. You know, Sunday afternoon. I mean, Sunday afternoon, still don't know why we played Sunday afternoon, but we did. Um, anyway, so I, I, I thought the fans were good again. You know, um, the players have got to get these the fans going. They really have. Mm. And um, they did early on. And you thought, oh, Doncaster all, all over again, you know. And um, but anyway, no. Um, look, it's a win. Move on. Two more wins this week would be very nice. Indeed. Hutchie, anything else to mention? We should probably reflect on the fact you spoke to Selena after the game as well. Was he um, full of it, as it were, after the game? You could tell inside he was very, very pleased with what he's, he had just done, as he uh, as he so rightly should be. Um, mm. But there's a... there's a, I, I always liken him to Cristiano Ronaldo. He, he clear, Clearly not at that level. But, um, clearly not. But in terms of his approach, kind of his steely approach to everything um his supreme confidence in himself um i think i don't know if anyone's ever asked him who his kind of football football idols have been but i i feel sure that ronaldo would be one of them um so there's just a confidence about him talking about how yeah that's something i've i've practiced that's uh, that's what all kids that's what all kids try and do i've done it done it loads of times um but yeah obviously very pleased said it was his his best goal at best goal he's ever scored and um interestingly he said he'd it had been playing on his mind that he'd never scored a goal in the first half at Portman Road so he'd never scored a goal at that end before and he's he's right obviously 
all of his all of his Portman Road goals have been second half goals at the North Stand end, and uh, mm. actually all of his Ipswich Town goals have been first uh, second half goals at any ground up until that one at at Wickham the other week. So I think that was twelve. That's his dozen now for for Ipswich, and um, finally he scored one at one at the South Stand. And it, clearly though, he's still got those misses at Sunderland on his mind. He referenced yeah. them three or four times. Um, mm. I asked and I asked him like, "That's really bothered you, hasn't it?" And he was like. Yeah, someone I should be scoring those. So it's still he's still bothered by those, um, which uh, didn't really come as too much of a surprise to me because he's. Uh, I imagine he's pretty hard on him, pretty hard on himself. Well, long may that continue if that's the way he's going to respond with goals like that. Um, just finally, before we move on, boys, the key stat which I didn't ask you about for this game was we are now firmly in the season of glove watch. Um, I don't suppose either of you noticed how many players on either side were wearing gloves yesterday. Were there any? Were there lots? Oh, it's not something. Not something I looked at. Uh, Paul Cook is a glove wearer. He's um, he's invested in a pair of the old Marcus Stewart style uh, nice. glove gloves. He's a he's a firm glove wearer. I guess when you've got a scalding hot tea cup of coffee in your <laughs> in your hand, you do need some insulation um, to help yourself out. Um, but no, I will. Don't worry. Wednesday night, I will. Um, Wednesday night, I'll be on this. I'll be. I want. I want glove watch recorders and official stat going forward. We can talk from about now that, onwards. Actually. What's the season? What is the? Uh, what are the dates? For, what the well, for, for glove season? I, when does it I, end? I would say when's it end? Probably end of January. I'd say. Um, clearly right. now, it, the, the glove season starts when you have the first hard frost of winter, which mm. we definitely had. Um, and I've got a theory, um, but I want to get it backed up by stats in terms of okay. before I start opining about it and, and telling people what I think. Um, so please make notes of that going forward. Thank you very much. Christian Walton was wearing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah. He was, he was yeah. very yeah. Notab- notably yes, well. I think, I, that I think the, crew, the crew keeper was as well, I think. That doesn't skew my uh, my stats. When did keepers start wearing gloves, Mike? Just out of interest, because back in the day, they didn't, did they? Talking... Actually, <laughs> yes, I am the only person sitting who probably remembers seeing keepers without. Absolutely right, you did. I mean, I don't think Paul, don't think Paul Cooper used to wear gloves. You know, I'm, fa- I'm fairly convinced he didn't. So that's back in the in the 70s, 80s. Um, oh, yeah, just to bear, the old bare hands. They used to rub, bounce the ball a few times. And, Was it about mid-80s mid mid sort of time? I remember seeing, obviously, Gordon Banks didn't wear gloves. I remember Peter Shilton didn't wear gloves Man. when he started out and was making tremendous saves left, right and centre. Mm. That sounds um, about right. Yep, yeah, mid eighties, I reckon. And when, and when they did, they were like gardening gloves, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. they just like they're just stuck on a pair of cotton gardening gloves. <laughs> wow. Yes, yeah. I, yes, I do remember seeing goalkeepers with no gloves. It was quite a sight. I also remember, of course, the days where, and that's outrageous because my boys watch a back pass and watch the goalie just pick it up. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. The way a back pass, <laughs> they just scoop it up in the air and just hold it. No one's nowadays. It's like, what's he doing? What's he doing? Oh. Great times. The other thing I remember coming <laughs> in, uh, probably a bit later than, than the mid eighties, but there was a, it was a big thing for all. Do you remember the old cycling shorts under the shorts? I think uh, yes. was it Tony Daly at Aston Villa was the at the vanguard of that. You don't see that anymore, do you? In fact, one of the most outrageous things early on was Keith Weller of Leicester City. He yeah. started wearing white tights back in the uh, late seventies, uh, early eighties, I think, and it was it was extraordinary. I've mean, not ever seen anything like it. He walked on, and it and they were. They were white, really bright white under his white shorts. It was, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it was, it was like front page of the sun and, and the mirror for, for weeks because we, we were talking about it. it was, you know, what, what's happened, you know? There wasn't, there wasn't a lot going on, obviously, at the time. <laughs> for weeks. I want to see the return of cycling shorts. Um, let's get some some fashion trends back on the pitch. Boys, um, let's draw a line then under, under that game yesterday. Crew 2-1, beaten. Town did what they needed to do. Just by way of moving on, though, Hutchie, we spoke last week about Town searching for our souls. Um, and you said, hopefully, we'll find out a bit more about that identity on Sunday. Did you find out any more at all about Ipswich Town yesterday? Nothing that changed it. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> no, not really. Um, I think it, it backed up what we've we've seen our... There's, well, there's a column on our website this morning from from Terry Hunt, North Standard, talking about Ip- Ipswich being where they deserve to be. And um, I think it probably backed up what we've seen of them so far. They've got some absolute brilliance in the team, as seen by Selena yesterday, but are not functioning as as anybody would really want them to as a 
as a team mm. just yet. And I think that all that all played out yesterday. So I don't think it's moved on, moved on at all. Okay. Well, let's move on to something very different. Mike Bacon, you're known for many, many things. Um, a sports journalist of some serious standing, an orator, the likes of which you don't see very often. Um, also back up KOA podcast host, obviously also added to your CV now. But you can also add to that published author, my friend, because in a move that I never thought I'd ever see, I had a, a chat with you a couple of months ago and you said, I've got, I only talked to you about something. I was like, okay. Um, and then we got chatting and you said, uh, I've written a book. And I was like, okay, he's, he's probably written a book about the witches, one of your great passions, it's just witches, maybe something like that. Um, something about his years covering sport in the region. But no, my friend, you said I've written a novel, which was not by any estimation, Hutchie's million pound picks. I wouldn't have put any money on you saying that. Um, but you have. It's published. It's now available to buy. Uh, and we've we've spoken about the negotiations ongoing with Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV. They're all vying for the rights. Thirty eight sleeps, my friend. Tell us about it, because um, this is this is fantastic, friends. And you can also obviously buy it now in both paperback form. Hutchie's sliding it in there. Look. If you're watching on video, you can buy it in paperback form. It's on Kindle as well, which is where I do a lot of my reading. Um, is it out in, in hardback? Is it going to come out in hardback? Mickey? It's out in hardback. Out in hardback last week. Um, yes. Well, <laughs> what can I say? Hutchie there has a signed copy if, for those watching on, on YouTube on the video. Um, yes, a signed yeah. copy to my friend, Mr. Hutch, I think it says. Um, and oh, there I am on the back. Yes, and that's me. And uh, yes, and, and I have one as well. Look, it's, it's, they're, they're everywhere. Um, well, thank you very much, Heath, for, for a very big self-promotion here for myself, which, of course, if I sell enough, I'll just be able to buy the rights of KOA podcast. And sell it <laughs> after um, yes. Um, why did I write? I just... Um, it, well, lockdown last year, really, I started writing a book and it's. I decided I didn't want to write about football, speedway, sport. it's a novel, mm. a novel. It's a relationship novel, a, a slight thriller with a twist of mystique, Ooh. a little bit of a little bit of erotica. Oh, no. Yes. A little bit of everything, a little bit of everything. Just just to just to to to, to wet your taste buds. Yeah. I Can have we... a paragraph. Yeah, I wanna, I'm going to say we're going to have a little bit of a reading corner with Mike. But just before you, you do start reading, Mike, is this something that you've had? It's a cliche that every journalist has a book in them. Uh, and that's probably true from my experience anyway. Very few, though, get actually get around to writing them. Um, now, obviously, you, you found yourself some time in lockdown last year. We all had some unexpected time. Is this an idea that you've had for a, a while in your head for this novel? Or wh where's it come from? No, I mean, it, it really was lockdown. And, and I really just just did sit down and think I can't sit here. I mean, because because you followed me, Heathy, you just phoned me up one day out of the blue and said, <laughs> go, go away. We don't want anything to do with you. There's no football. There's no speedway. Nothing. Go. Yeah, that was out you, of order. I shouldn't and, well, it was the way you did it, my friend. And then yeah. you sent me, sent me through a letter through yeah. the post just to say go. So I was um I sit in there, you know, eating breakfast. Of course, your first week it's lovely, isn't it? You get up at 10 in the morning, you kick yourself around, you, you do a bit of sunbathing, but after a week you're bored, aren't you? So I know I never I've, everyone says they've got a book in them. I obviously I have, but I didn't really know I had. Um mm. I literally being very the way I am very spontaneous rather wrote it as I went along. Um it's 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 just I just as I was getting into it I just it's just me really and um, me me just writing and off I went and um I was surprised how much I wrote and how it, it took it's taken a while because I did the crux of it obviously in lockdown but then I, I didn't finish it so when we got back to work I still had sort of you know a third of it to go which took me ages because obviously I didn't yeah. have as so much time um and yeah so it's public yeah it's it's here it's it's there there it is it's it's there and um I must admit I'm thrilled and um yeah, it's what's gone really it, well. Before you get to reading corner, just sell it to mm. us. What, what's it about? Thirty-eight sleeps is a reference to the time frame in which the book is set, isn't it? So it's set over thirty-nine days, I guess. Thirty-eight sleeps. Uh, mm. and what's the story? Well, the story is about two couples. Um, two couples, very successful, doing very nicely. Love um, with life, no kids, nothing. Got nice houses, nice everything's going nicely. Holiday stuff, good jobs, all four of them, and and they've got a great relationship. They're all very close, and then things start to unravel people come into their lives people from the past suddenly arrive Ooh. and then suddenly all is not what it seems and one of them in particular really is not being very good and right. it all starts to unravel and their perfect lifestyles come crashing down 
and and that's how the mystery then takes shape and how it all and how it how it plays out and um with a little twist at the end may, may oh. i suggest a so it's a, th- it's, a, it's a thriller slash mystery, really. Um, thriller slash mystery slash relationships. And, and I've been overwhelmed by the amount of people, you know, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, men and women. Oh, it's, it's, it's attracted to everybody. Everyone seems to have enjoyed it. I've had so much feedback from, from blokes. I've had good feedback from ladies. I've had, it's been fantastic. So yeah, that's what it is. And um, shall, we have, shall we have a little bit of an excerpt, little uh, reading corner I'll, with I'll Mike? I'll read you. I, I don't know if you're ready for this at this time of the day, but I'm here is anyway. This is something I never thought I'd say on this show. Mike, just, be- just before we start, sorry, do I need to put the explicit label on? Because I can do that on podcasts. Do I, does I this need to be labelled as explicit? I think you just put up word, um, what's it, it's, um, what's it, a- a- adult content. Can you do Parent- that? Parental advisory. Parental advisory, yeah. Yeah. So this is something I never thought I'd say on this show. Here's Mike Bacon reading an excerpt of his new novel. So we're going to we're going to look to go up to Chester soon. She looked at him as they drove home. Well, yes, I suppose so. When are you thinking? Because next Friday I could leave off early at 4 p.m. Yeah, let's do next Friday, Polly said, looking at her husband. I'll take the day off. I can drive. Back home, they fell into bed. (laughs) And although both were tired and content after such a good meal, drinks and chat, Tom made the first move as he glided his hand up and down Polly's leg. She was never going to pull away. There were no seven-year itches in their marriage. Afterwards, they slept like babies. It's it's getting steamy in here. Um, (laughs) There you go. So that's the two main... That's the two main characters. Is it Polly, one of them? Who's uh, Polly, That's Polly and Tom. That's Polly and Tom, two of the main characters. And there are two other main characters. They're good friends alongside, all living happily ever after at the time, or all living happy families. But Until it's not, they are. that's not what's going on. Mm. Hutchie, you've got a signed copy. Uh, awkwardly, I, I don't have a signed copy. <laughs> um, so I can't I can't speak of uh, with any great knowledge of the book other than what I've seen, the, the great reviews shooting in on Amazon. But you've read it, you've embraced it, you've absorbed it. Um, talk talk about it a bit. Is there something you want to uh, to read as well? Um, I've not prepared a passage, okay. um, <laughs> but but I, it, it's I'm really proud of Mike for doing this. It's um, it's really good. The character the characters are. You might not like all of the characters. I don't know if you're supposed to or not. But they're deep. They've 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 got they've got a lot about them. There are two characters in it called Andy and Stu. Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> which which I've been meaning to ask Mike about for some kind. They're not main characters, really, so don't don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. There's talk of a prostate probe on pre- on page one. Um, That's how you get people's attention straight yeah. away. And but but <laughs> no, it's a, it's really good. I must say, I am a slow reader. Reading novels is not something that's that's kind of part of my daily life i've i've yet to finish it i am i've been but I'm, i took it up to sunderland last week um and i spent some time in sunderland city center on saturday morning having a read of that and um i don't know if i've got to the true twist yet but it is all starting to unravel for these guys and um the characters are really good really strong characters it's all set up in norfolk i was up in norfolk last week with my family and uh well, it's not all set up in norfolk but a lot of it is and um actually went through some of the some of the the places that were were mentioned which was which was nice um but yeah it's it's really good and we're we're really proud of mike for for doing it because it's um it's just something very different isn't it it's it's not speedway is it mike this is um no it's not very different it's not speedway it's very different I, I do hope people enjoy people seem to be um i'm a bit sort of um I'm, it's been a bit strange i'm a bit sort of coy about it really it's, it's i don't really understand how people suddenly liked it so much i suppose that's been a bit it's just been done and then suddenly i had um i had uh, ben from uh, from mexico order a copy um which was the uh, um, which was fantastic he, he well, oh, off, uh, off the koa army is it ben yes Chris? off the koa yeah. army yeah absolutely um but i couldn't send it to mexico because it's going to cost 89 pound 50 which was a bit, <laughs> um but fortunately, a friend of his was coming over from London, so he all asked me to send it to him. And the guy from London's going out to Mexico. In fact, he's probably there by now. And I hope he's asked Ben. I hope you'll listen to this, Ben. Uh, best wishes to you. I will try and say uh, the word fajitas a bit different than you told me off last time. Um, so KOA Army, little little thing for you here. I um, 
for Christmas, look, if you want to direct message me on Twitter, a little plug here, um, for $11.99, I will do signed copies and I'll post them to anywhere in the UK. And you can have a personal message as well if you want from the big porker or from myself Ooh, as lovely. a microphone. So, um, look, if you just go onto my Twitter handle or just go contact me on Twitter and say, Mike, I'd like a copy, $11.99, I'll post it to you in the UK in time for Christmas for you or your loved ones or your partners or your whoever you're having affairs with. Whatever. I'll give you a little personal message as well if you wish. Get one for your side piece. Why not? Um, <laughs> or your or your dentist, Mike. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's. But you can buy it on Amazon, can't you? As well, Mike. It's on. Get Amazon. on Amazon. Thirty eight sleeps. Yeah. Thirty eight sleeps. And can I just say, thirty eight sleeps is for me. I can see that on Netflix. Thirty eight sleeps. That's a Netflix title. Um, Andy and Sue. This in, this interests me because I didn't know this. Are they an inseparable, calm, laid back duo uh, in the book? Um, they are they are minor characters, and I don't mean to say it disrespectfully to our to, to Andy and Stu, who are far from minor characters on KOA. Obviously, um, yes, they're very laid back. Um, they're very they're quite quite quiet. One's actually a drugs baron. <laughs> oh, true to <laughs> life. Then that's all I'll say. Okay, <laughs> is there um is there a, a really good looking, charismatic, talented uh, character called Mark? Uh, no. Oh. That could that'd... be. It could be in my next book. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the obvious question: is when's the next one coming out, Mike? You've already started, haven't you? I have. Yeah, superb. I think I might give this one a little time to breathe first. People are still recovering from 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 the shock of thirty eight sleeps. I don't want to burden them with too much more too much more erotica like that. I mean, otherwise, we're just. Gonna... <laughs> superb. There you go. Then thirty eight sleeps, perfect gift for Christmas. Uh, Amazon or indeed contact the big porker um, via his social medias. And how many top authors can you say that about? You can you can DM him and he'll send you a signed copy as long as you live in the UK uh, and are on a within postable range. Um, boys, should we move on? I, I've got one other question before we get back to the football. Um, it's what is it? November the 29th. Have either of you got your Christmas decorations up yet? No, no. That's no. the right. That is the right answer. By the way, um, I don't know if it's just this year, but I, I've seen people have Christmas decorations up. Felt like from the start of November. Um, Mate, the, the Christmas tree on the waterfront in Ipswich was up on November the 6th. What's that all about? It gets earlier every year, doesn't it? I mean, I love Madness. Christmas as much as, as much as the next person, but please wait till December. I mean, obviously, you know, it's up to you. Do whatever makes you happy. But in my opinion, Christmas decorations should very much be for December onwards. Um, and and I would like to make a point here that Christmas records appear to be f- f- pouring out of the my my radio cassette or whatever I call it. <laughs> Your radio um, cassette. <laughs> yes, my, my radio cassette. And yeah. and like December the first should be Christmas records onwards. And already I've heard the Pogues fairy tale in New York fourteen times on on one of them. Um, that we'll be bored of it by December the twenty fourth. What's we'll the be best Christmas song, by the way? While we're on fairy tale of New York, by the that's Pogues. up there, isn't it? Mm. Like, obviously, Mariah. Mariah's up there. You, you don't. Last know, Christmas, what, wham. You oh, don't they're know. all they're all useless. You all don't like them. novelty records, do you, Hutchie? I don't know. I really don't. I, my question for Mike is: You've done a book. Can I just say, actually, the the cover is amazing. It's great on this, it? yeah. on this book. Um, it, surely it's Christmas. Christmas single is the next, the next, <laughs> the next, next thing for you to tick off. <laughs> a run at a run at Christmas number one. What you don't need to sell that many now, do you, to get to Christmas number one? So feasible, I reckon, with the, with the following the KOA army. What a fantastic idea. I've never thought... I, I mean, I don't know how the great porker, our num- the number one record at Christmas 2022, because I have to wait till next year now, because I haven't written one yet. That was uh, yeah, outstanding, alongside the KOA army. The great porker and the you've KOA just, army. You've just promoted yourself there. You've gone from the big porker to the great porker. Yes, um, I have. <laughs> what about father porker? <laughs> the, 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 the sausage Santa and the KOA army. Yeah, there we go. Who knows? I see you very much as a kind of Mickey Bubbles, Michael Bublé sort of uh, crooner, Mike, on yeah. the uh, on the Christmas yeah. single tip. Anyway, we, we've talked about about books and, and Christmas now for a little bit. Let's get back to the football because um, it's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Football, uh, and it will will hopefully be giving at Portman Road on Wednesday. Uh, Arsenal under twenty ones, Hutchie, are the visitors in the Pizza Platter Trophy. Um, <laughs> How are we feeling about this one? Is this because now town obviously they've just got to win back in the league. Now they've got the pizza platter and the FA Cup games to play. Is this a, a welcome distraction? Are you looking forward to? I know you're looking forward to it, but is this what could be the best possible thing for town at this point, or would we want more league games? Uh I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that afterwards. Um, yeah, true. In theory, in theory, 
just win. Just just win a couple of games. Get through in a couple of cups. Um, the dream of Wembley can be alive at the start of 2022 with with realistically a win in the in the the Papa John's this week. And you never know, you might you might have a a home cup a home FA Cup tie with with Liverpool or Manchester United or even Norwich to to think about at the start of 2022 if they can beat Barrow on Saturday. So. No, I don't think it's particularly unwelcome. Um, just go and win. Just go and win two cup games and get through and give this season a few other dimensions um, mm. because we know it's an uphill battle to... I think we can safely sit here and say that automatic promotion is going to be almost impossible for Ipswich from this point. Um, obviously, mathematically, it can be done and it would be... The Christmas miracle to end all Christmas miracles. If that's how, yeah, you like that. If that's yeah. how if that, how it plays out from here, the playoffs a real battle as well. But get through in a couple of cups, give the season a new dimension, and give it some life. Um, these games aren't going to give it the life, but what's down the line might. So just go and win, please. That's what it's about, isn't it, Mike? Al Davis, the the famous LA Raiders owner, used to have a, a catchphrase, which was "Just win, baby," and that's the way town should approach these games, isn't it? Two winnable games, make progress in cup competitions, and gather some momentum back for the league. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you have to remember, t- fans support their teams because they like they like watching them win. There's nothing more, that, and they don't care if it's Arsenal under twenty ones or Manchester United. The win, a winner's a win, and. They love watching their team win. They love turning up at Portland Road and walking away at the end of a game, buzzing, chatting to each other. Joy that. Great. Did it? They don't care if they beat Arsenal 21-2-0 or if they beat Liverpool 2-0. They get the same enjoyment. This is a great... This could potentially be a very exciting week for Ipswich Town and their fans. Go beat Arsenal. Go beat Barrow. As, as Hutchie said, we actually sit and listen to the third round draw and wonder who we're going to get. It'll probably be... Cheltenham away, but I mean that's neither in or there. We don't. That's know. all right though, isn't it? Because then that's, that's another matters. winnable game, you know. Then yeah, you're but, in a cup run. But just be in them. Be in them. They've got a good. They've got a good squad there at Switch Town to, to compete for this. All this ru- rubbish about rest and players. They don't need to rest anybody. They've got a good. They've got a chance to to, to, to squad rotation a little bit. Um, mm. Yeah, couple of great opportunities. Go and win, Hutchie. What would you do with the side? It's always hard to predict with the with the pizza platter. Clearly, they're going to be um, players on the fringes going to get an opportunity. Who would you like to see get some serious PT, as they say in America, playing time? Piggott. Yep, Piggott. Piggott's the one. I've I've had a little look back through this morning at um, the players that have come into cup teams from for games and kept a place for the next league game, and they're few and far between. Um, Three players did it from the Newport game, and then it's one each from all of the other games after that. Um, I think Carroll kept a place, Chaplin kept a place. The Oldham FA Cup game was a bit different because he played the senior team. Bailey Clements kept a place after coming on in the Colchester game, and then Aluko kept his place from the the Oldham replay. So they've not changes for the cup haven't haven't proved to be the kind of the the proving ground for for mm. players to jump into the starting eleven, particularly. Uh, a few of those can be explained by injuries as well. But like I was saying earlier, if we can get to next Monday and have a serious conversation about whether Joe Piggott should be starting in this team ahead of, ahead of Macaulay Bond, um, then that's a, a good place a good place to be. I still think the answer would probably be no. I think Macaulay, as as we've said, is he's getting on the end of chances. I, I agree with Mike. I don't think he's the problem. But for it to mm. even be a real discussion, I want to see Joe Piggott playing, scoring, threatening, um, and doing some business. What I'd also really like to see is Tom Carroll get some mm. get some minutes. He played for the under twenty threes last week, and um, I'd like to see probably in the in the Arsenal game is probably the one for him. I'd like to see um, I'd like to see Tom Carroll maybe get some minutes and see where see where he's at and see if he mm. could be be a bit of an answer for some some questions. Him and Kyle Edwards. I'd, I, I'm just longing for Kyle Edwards to score a goal and, and see what that does for him because he really should have. He really should have had one by now. Um, he had a great move yesterday, didn't he, Mike? Where he cut in off that left flank, drove towards the edge of the box, and then fired a shot off off target. So they're they're the three: Piggott, Carroll, Edwards. Hmm. I want to see a bit more of El Mazzuni as well. These are good games for someone like Idi El Mazzuni to come in and 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 further his cause. Mike, we already know you want to see more of Joe Piggott. Um, anyone else you want to you want to see 
in action over the next couple of games? Well, no, not really. I mean, I think Yelmazuni's yeah, um, a good shout, actually. Uh, Heafy, I mean, I must admit, I, he's impressed me, really impressed me in the few games. I've no, seen a few, few couple of games, but I've, I've mm. been really quite impressed with him. Uh, yeah, he's surely going to come in, certainly on Wednesday and, and maybe on Saturday. I think Saturday might depend how Wednesday goes. I think if Ipswich, if they beat Arsenal under 21s, they might be, you know, don't know how they'll go for the cup game against Barrow. Um, yeah, there's, of course, I'd like to see plenty of opportunities in the, I'd like to see an FA Cup run more. I'm not too worried. The EFL will be nice. Yes, that'd be great. And, and win the, you know, I mean, potentially got more chance to win the EFL trophy, of course. But mm. just being in the FA Cup, it's just, it's the national competition, isn't it? It's the one, you know, the whole weekend is taken up by BBC, ITV. Everyone's planned matches all over the place. You want to be part of it. You know, with all due respect, the EFL trophy, it just sort of comes and goes. Not, we shouldn't take it seriously. Unless, why not? We can get to Wembley with that. We're not going to win the FA Cup, but we want to be in it. Um, yeah, mm. El Mazzoon is a good one. Carol, yeah, possibly, certainly, certainly Piggott. That goes that saying. I think he'll go really serious for the Barrow game. Um, Do you? Yeah, yeah, I think well, he went for the he went serious for the Oldham game, so there's absolutely no reason. And the, I mean, the, of course, the only slight fly in the ointment is the Charlton game on the Tuesday. But you know, you know, he went serious for the Oldham game. No reason to why suddenly change your philosophy. Do you think yeah. we might get a Louis Barry sighting, Hutchie? Uh, possibly, possibly on certain, probably on Wednesday, if at all. Um, I'm not sure he. I'm not sure there's really anything he can do to change his standing within things at the moment. I, I think, mate, even a a starring role might, might get him a place on the bench. But there's just so many options ahead of him. Um, yeah, he's not one I'd. I, th- I think he will play. I think I, the team I've got written down for the for the trophy would be Gladkey in goal, Vincent Young, Wolfenden, and Burgess at centre back. I've put Penny in at left back. Mm-hmm. Um, if not him then it will be somebody else. And that will tell you quite a lot about where he's at. I've put El Mazzuni and Carroll as a midfield two. Harper at number 10. Um, Barry and Edwards either side of that. And then Piggott up top. I'd almost forgotten a... about the dream then when you said Harper. Yeah. He's kind of been yeah. lost in lost in the shuffle, hasn't he? We just go yeah. show how many options Town really do have. I'm not going to ask for predictions for this game because clearly it's a, it's a hard one to predict. I will say, though, I don't think he's going to play on Wednesday, but the... Um, the lad, the young lad, Marcelo Flores, who who started his career in English football at Town, and is now ripping things up for Arsenal under 18s. I don't think he's going to play for the under 21s on Wednesday, but he's making some serious headlines. He's just been in great form for Mexico. He's also got one of the most acrobatic goal celebrations you will ever see. Google that. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a running, it's almost like something out of the Olympics, a running kind of barrel roll he does. <laughs> it's not a backflip. It's a backflip plus because he does an extra... Extra spins and twists in there. It's very, very impressive. With so Tuck. Much, with Tuck, yeah. Go and check that out if you've not seen it already. As I, said, I don't think he's going to play on Wednesday, but an interesting story to follow, um, Flores, because he's, he's been very hotly tipped and has already been called up to train with the Arsenal first team, I believe. Um, boys, that's brought us to about an hour for today's pod. It's been great to have a big porker back. Any other business chaps before I, I do my usual shambolic outro? Not from no. me this week. Uh, he, as I said, uh, my, my only slight concerns is having to put the heating on. Um, but once once I've done that, because it's quite a psychological barrier for me, that is, because once it's on, you can't really turn it off, can you? Yeah, well, you can, but it's not really the dumb thing, I don't think. Okay. So once it's on, it's on for you all, all winter. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's that's pound notes just flying out of my front door. And, you know, it's just... Well, you're, coins, a, you're a big shot author now, mate. You should yeah. just be, but you can't. You yeah, just burn money. Just burn. you've just yeah. plugged your you plugged your book. You're gonna have your DMs are gonna be. You're gonna get yeah. people in there now trying to just chuck you eleven ninety nine to keep the fires burning in your house. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, perhaps I'm being a little bit. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Perhaps I'm burn my books if I get really cold. Don't don't do that, Mike. Don't do that. Um, that's just, that's sad. that would be very sad. That's that, is, that is a crime. Um. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of today's pod. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, leave us a five star review on iTunes because that helps us greatly in the visibility across the charts. Follow us on social media, Kings of Anglia on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And also remember to support our sponsors as you, in the run up to Christmas. Hopefully, you took advantage of the tremendous Black Friday deals which are going on at manscaped.com last week. I got myself three new pairs of boxer shorts, boys, because they are the comfiest boxer shorts one can buy for your money. Um, very good value. Use the KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Um, it's been absolutely tremendous to have a big porker back with us t- this week. I don't know how many times we're going to have you um, or whether we're going to give you up to Hollywood 
in short order, Mike. But remember, 38 Sleeps is the name of the book. You can get it on Amazon and send the big pork himself a DM if you want a signed gift. And that surely is going to be the gift, the hottest gift at Christmas this year. 38 Sleeps signed by the great porker, as he's now he's now known, as he's promoted himself. <laughs> there you go. Um, hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, enjoy the game on Wednesday, the pizza platter. And hopefully when we speak again on Thursday, we'll be talking about another town victory. Have a great start to the week. We'll see you again. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash So we're going to we're going to look to go up to Chester soon. She looked at him as they drove home. Well, yes, I suppose so. When are you thinking? Because next Friday I could leave off early at 4 p.m. Yeah, let's do next Friday, Polly said, looking at her husband. I'll take the day off. I can drive. Back home, they fell into bed. <laughs> and although both were tired and content after such a good meal, drinks and chat, Tom made the first move as he glided his hand up and down Polly's leg. She was never going to pull away. There were no seven-year itches in their marriage. Afterwards, they slept like babies.